0: Before we get into the message this morning, I want to share a few comments about the gospel reading on, I believe, page 10 of your bulletin. Uh, First comment if you own a Bible with Jesus' words in red letters, you'll find more red letters in Matthew's gospel than in any other. There is more teaching from Jesus in Matthew than in the other gospels. Secondly, The Sermon on the Mount, which we're going to begin a study of today, and it continues for several Sundays, is the most frequently quoted portion of the New Testament. Uh, The Beatitudes, of course, are covered today. They're widely quoted. The Lord's Prayer and so on. Many of Christ's sayings make their way out into the ether, and he's quoted many times from this sermon. Uh, Thirdly, more books have been written about verses 3 through 11 than anything else Jesus said. Uh, Fourth, uh, I direct your attention to the first verse of the gospel reading on page 10. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Now, commentators like to say that this reminds us of Moses going up on the mountain and Mount Sinai and he would uh, interact with God he would speak with God on the mountain but Jesus is more than Moses Jesus is actually God speaking and so if you want to compare it to Mount Sinai Moses is hearing the voice of God and on the mount of the beatitudes we're hearing the voice of God's son the second person of The Trinity. So Jesus is God speaking, in other words. Point number five. And this is what Matthew writes after the Sermon on the Mount. He closes with these words When Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. That is to say, Jesus speaks with the authority of God. Himself, because that's who he is. And notice verse 12 of the gospel reading. Rejoice and be glad, Jesus says, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Before you, the prophets were. Now, notice, Jesus does not say that the prophets were before us, meaning including himself in that number. The prophets were not before Jesus, he was before all of them it's just a minor point but it, it it contains an important grain of truth jesus is the one who said in john's gospel before abraham was i am <laughs> you see again there's that hint of divinity in the text but it's something you easily pass over if it's not pointed out and then finally the beatitudes are not imperatives They are not, grammatically speaking, they are not commands. They are, grammatically speaking, they are declaratives. They declare what is, okay? They are statements of facts, not commands. And what they do, and I'll say more about this uh, in a few moments, they really describe your new nature in Christ, Now, the old nature is still there, always going its own way apart from God, but the new nature always obeys and hears God and loves God and responds to His voice. That's the new nature in you, and these Beatitudes describe that you, that new nature in you and in me. So, just a few points before we get started. (laughs) We bow our heads and pray. Father, you've promised that your holy word, which goes forth from your mouth, will not return to you empty, but it will accomplish what you desire. It will succeed in the matter for which you've sent it. May your word have its way in every heart we pray this day. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. So in your sermon outline, right above the outline, I give you uh, a definition of social privilege, and it's a word that's thrown around a lot these days, and so let me just read it to you. Uh, Privilege, or social privilege, it's a sociological term, is unearned access or advantages granted to specific groups of people because of their membership in a social group. Privilege can be based on a variety of social identities, such as race, gender, gender, Religion, a socioeconomic status, ability status, sexuality, age, education level, and it goes on and on from there. Now let me be clear, Um, when it comes to privilege, I check almost all the boxes, (laughs) all right? I'm white, I'm male, I'm straight, I'm able-bodied, and I'm a Christian. I'm all those things, but I'm also a beneficiary of having been born-in-America privilege. Like many others in this country, I was born in the United States, and for those of us who were, that gives us a leg up on other people around the world. I'm also the beneficiary of having been raised in a two-parent household privilege. And being raised in a two parent household is a predictor, a, a rather important predictor of success in school and in life. I also benefit from being tall privilege. And others benefit from my being tall as well. When I'm in Kroger's, uh, when there's someone short in the aisle that I'm in and there's something up high on the top shelf, they will often ask me. To get it for them and I'm happy to do that I'm I'm happy to share my my privilege uh, in that regard now I don't apologize for any of my advantages I consider them gifts from God but I can sympathize with others who lack them and I believe God calls me to use my advantages for the good of others including those who are different from me Now, just as there is social privilege, there's also spiritual privilege. And just as social privilege is determined by the group that you're part of, spiritual privilege is determined by the group that you're part of. So, Roman numeral 1 in your sermon outline, blessed refers to those who are saved. It's a salvation word. The word, or or redeemed, you could could state it that way. Blessed refers to those who are redeemed by Christ. It does not mean happy, but it means something much stronger than that. That's why I use the term saved or redeemed or delivered. It is a salvation word, and Jesus applies it to those who are already following him. Notice verse 1 of the Gospel reading. Seeing the crowds... He went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. These are people who have already repented. They have already believed into him. So letter A, blessed describes the joyous condition we find ourselves in. As recipients of Christ's saving work. It is a condition, a state of the soul, a state of being. And letter B, blessedness or privilege describes man in relation to Christ. And it always does. Uh, Blessedness is always connected to Jesus in the New Testament. In Matthew 11, Jesus sends this message back to John the Baptist. You may recall, John sent messengers to Jesus. Are you the one who's to come, or shall we look for someone else? Because I'm rotting in prison, and you're not doing a thing about it. Well, Jesus re- replies by saying, you know, the, the poor have the good news preached to them, the sick are healed, the dead are raised, and so on. He came for the disadvantaged, spiritually, okay? And so he says, blessed, Jesus sends this message back. Blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Okay? Notice blessedness is connected to him. In Matthew 16, Peter has just confessed Jesus as the Messiah. And what did Jesus reply? He said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who's in heaven. You see, blessedness is connected to Jesus, to knowing him, believing in him. It's always the result of connection to Christ. And just as there is social privilege because of groups you're part of, so there is spiritual privilege because you belong to Christ's group. So there is, and point number one, there's the privilege of being needy in Christ. The privilege of being needy in Christ, verses three through six. Now when it comes to Jesus... Being needy is a huge advantage. Why? Because Jesus comes to the aid of those in need. Remember, Jesus said it's not the healthy who need the doctor, but those who are sick. Jesus said, I've not come to call the righteous or those who think they are, but sinners to repentance. You see, with Jesus, it's all about need. The first four Beatitudes describe our neediness before God. Now, because of shortness of time, I can't comment on all the Beatitudes, but let me comment on the first one to begin. Poor in spirit refers to spiritual poverty, a spiritual lack. The word for poor in the Greek refers to a beggar, someone who begs. And that means we are completely dependent upon God. We have nothing to offer him except our sins. So, why is that an advantage? Why is that privilege? Well, Jesus has indeed come for all people, but he is welcomed, he's received, only by those who need him, who perceive their need of him. Theirs, Jesus says, is the reign of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that's true for all of the needy beatitudes, verses 3 through 6. Jesus pours his fullness into our human emptiness. These beatitudes, again, are not laws. They are not commands. They are not a set of ethics that you are to achieve. They are blessings. They are pronouncements of grace They are good news to his followers. So, the first four Beatitudes, these need Beatitudes, describe the believer's attitude towards God. Now, the next three Beatitudes describe the believer's attitude toward others. Verses 7 through 9 describe, and this is point 2, the privilege of being renewed in Christ. Being renewed in Christ. These verses, as I said earlier, describe your new nature in Christ, the way you are in Christ. They don't describe your old nature, but the new nature, the new you. Now, we have time only for verse 7, but let me comment briefly on that. Notice Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Now, the meaning here is not that we must earn God's mercy by first showing mercy to others. This is not teaching salvation by our good works. Remember to whom Jesus is speaking, to those who are already saved, those who are disciples of His. Jesus is the mercy of God in the flesh. These disciples have already believed into Him. They've already received Him. And having received mercy, they are now empowered to share it with others. You can't give what you haven't been given. They're empowered to share mercy with others, with the promise that they will receive even more. So that is grace upon grace. That's what Jesus is teaching. Point number three. There is also the privilege of being hurt for Christ. And you heard me right. Being hurt for Christ is a privilege. St. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 3, All who live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's a promise. It's a declaration. A statement of fact. I'll say more about that under point 2. Roman numeral 2. Blessedness is not without cost. It's not without cost. Verses 3 through 5 remind us that as Christ's disciples, we admit that we are spiritually destitute. We mourn our sinfulness, among other things. We grieve over the fact that we've destroyed relationships. I don't know about you, but I grieve over that. We are meek. That means that we consider others more important than ourselves. That's our new nature at work. Now, it's not easy being all those things. It's a test. But in addition, verse 11a, we will be persecuted for righteousness sake. Notice, we're persecuted not because we've done something wrong, rather because we stand up for what is right. And verse 12a, we will be reviled, persecuted, and slandered, not because they oppose us, though it seems they do. It's because they oppose Christ. That's who they really hate. They're just taking it out on you because you're in the way. Roman number three, blessedness far exceeds the cost. There's a cost to be blessed, to be privileged, But the blessedness far exceeds the cost. Paul explains in Romans chapter 8 that the reason we are blessed is that the sufferings of the present are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. What we experience today, according to Paul, is not worthy of comparison to that which shall be. We need to remember that. It's a promise, it's a gift. And isn't that why we endure other hardships in life? Because we know that in the end, it's worth it. Isn't that why athletes endure grueling physical training and even injuries? So that they can receive a trophy or a ribbon? We look forward to much more than a trophy or ribbons. Social privilege theory says that your advantages in life come at the expense of someone else. It assumes that you are part of an oppressive system that advantages you and disadvantages others. Is that true? Maybe. But if that is true in this country, it's true elsewhere. I recall speaking with one of our missionaries to Africa who had a son approaching college age. And I asked him, will you send him to college in Africa? No, he replied, he would not be treated well. Now that's all he said, but he didn't have to say any more. The hardships that minorities face in this country are not unlike the hardships minorities face in other countries. Solomon wrote in Proverbs 14, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Now that does not excuse injustice here, but I will say this, Western civilization under the influence of Christianity has led the world in working to eliminate such injustice and we must continue to do so. Social privileges, assume your advantages in life come at the expense of those who are disadvantaged. In contrast, privilege in God's kingdom comes at the expense of Christ. Christ disadvantages himself, suffering and dying at the cross so that we might share in his privilege. Privilege in God's kingdom is always connected to Jesus. It always is. In the first four Beatitudes, Jesus blesses those who have nothing and who need everything because Jesus is the one who pours his fullness into our emptiness. In the next three Beatitudes, Jesus blesses those who have received everything from him and are eager to share everything with others. In the last two Beatitudes, Jesus blesses those who would rather suffer with him and with the prophets than to live comfortably without him and the prophets. These are the most important privileges anyone can possess, and they are the only ones that matter in the long run. And Because they've been given you by God, you should be grateful to claim them and never apologize for them. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.